You're listening to the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. This is Eugene Hernandez, Deputy Director here at Film at Lincoln Center. On this week's edition, we're featuring a special conversation with Lily Tomlin and Jane Wagner, the iconic comedic duo, were with us back in September at Film at Lincoln Center for a retrospective. Writer Hilton Alls from The New Yorker joined the duo for a lively, wide-ranging conversation of their work across film, theater, and television. They talked about their lasting and fruitful partnership and how it's reshaped the art of American comedy and expanded its feminist imagination. Let's go to that conversation now. I'm really glad that you stood up for a long time because I told Jane uh, that a couple of days ago, she and Lily got um, three standing ovations, so you have to beat that. And, um, and Jane said she didn't believe it, so now she'll believe it. Thank you so much for coming and being part of this very necessary tribute to your brilliance and generosity as people. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to a lot of folks. And um, I thought I would start with um, the fun stuff, like personal questions. Um, one of the things that brings us all together, or brought you and Lily together, certainly, was JT. Um, that she had seen it in 1969, and I know that, or 70, and I know that it started as a song that you wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me <laughs> how you went from song to script, Jane? Um. I went to the Brill Building and they hated the song. It was, <laughs> it was too long and I didn't have a good demo. Um, you were a singer then? No, I wasn't a singer. That was why they didn't partly. Why they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was um, uh, later on when Bob Dylan happened. I thought, well, he had long songs, but. He was a better singer, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I, I just kept the story because it was a story song. Mm-hmm. And um, just had it, it was just in me. And I just made a screenplay out of it. And uh, at one point, um, I think Barbara Schultz was there at CBS. Mm-hmm. I just wrote it and they accepted it just like that. It was just overwhelming, wow. changed my life. Didn't change it as much as meeting Lily. Talk into I'm it. A, I don't want them to miss a word. What? Talk oh. right into it. <laughs> <laughs> but how did how did you when you when you when you went from song to to teleplay? It said you changed your life. What was your life like before that? Oh. Can you hear? Can you hear, Jane? Jane, can you put your mic to your? Oh. Is that germs? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um. I feel I feel like I was just one of the many in New York struggling, mm-hmm. not knowing whether I had it to mm-hmm. make it. I wasn't even sure whether I was, I wanted to call myself a writer, but coming from the South, Carson Colors, all those brilliant writers, Tennessee Williams, I think, I, I guess I thought it would, all those stories had already been done. Mm-hmm. So the story of JT I put in Harlem and thought that, that was going to be different. Yes. And I guess it was. And it was. Anyway. Yeah. In 1969, are you kidding? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It, it, I don't know why it got on. And then it was successful. So it yes. did change. And you said you saw it. I saw it. I remember <laughs> where I was sitting. I remember watching 
this program that felt like it was given that TV was, what was TV then, Get Smart and all that. Um, it, was, it was like it, as if a sort of meteor had hit the television with a story that had something to do with me. How old were you? The same age, nine years old. So, thank you, Jane. No, oh, thank yeah. you. And now here we are. <laughs> and now I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Lily, so she, Jane won a Peabody for that. Yes, she did. <laughs> so, Lily, tell me, you saw it around the same time? No, I saw it uh, a year later. A couple of years later. So, tell I me, met, what, I met Jane in '71, and uh, a, a mutual friend brought her to my hotel. Mm -hmm. I was on tour. I just had a new album come out on Polydor. Mm -hmm. and uh, Was that were... before Modern Scream? What? Modern Scream had... Yeah, Modern Scream. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, well, how could Modern Scream have come out? No, no, I mean before Modern Scream. I thought Scream. we worked on we Modern Scream. On that. You, you had uh, Ernestine. Well, I had Ernestine, but that no, was... No, that was the one that, that you'd come to New York to promote. Which one? Ernest. <laughs> Ernestine. Oh, I thought I'd come to do. No. Okay, yeah, because I know we did modern scream. Yeah. Modern scream together. Like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, whatever happened. Yes. <laughs> I uh, and so and so I had so I met Jane and I absolutely. I fell for her immediately. I just fell in love with her as soon as I saw her. Can you can you tell share with the folks what she was wearing that day? She, well, that you remember? I hate to tell you, she was wearing like uh, blue suede, dark navy blue suede short shorts. Hot pants. What? Hot pants. Remember they were called hot pants. Oh, hot pants. Yes. Uh, and she had knee high, uh, stretchy boots, <laughs> and she had a little backpack. Yeah, you had that little backpack. <laughs> I was experimenting with designing clothes. She at was that experimenting point. Yes. with designer clothes, she says. Yes. <laughs> well, she because my songs weren't selling. <laughs> <laughs> well, she career. did design clothes. Yes. Oh. But, and but better than what she just described. Yes. <laughs> oh, and God. you flipped? I flipped for her, yeah. yeah. And uh, but I had to. It was amazing. I had to like really show out. I had to like. I had to. I had to schedule a, a show. And I had closed at the bitter end, mm -hmm. and so I made us an extra show to try to impress her. She didn't have any idea who I was. <laughs> I was on laughing and everything, and uh, and I and my out my Ernestine album had had I won yet or anyway yes. it had been nominated. Maybe yeah, I'd won. I don't know. Anyway, mm. so, uh, and I just, I absolutely, I called her, I said, I didn't fly in those days. I'd had so many friends who died, who'd OD'd and everything, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't even get on a plane. So I was taking the train back to Chicago the night after the party that the record company, and I, I, as soon as I hit that town, I jumped on a plane and flew back. To say, because I had like a day off before I started the show, mm -hmm. and uh, and I called her and I said, I don't really have a lot of time, <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to see her so badly, you know. So and I did get a date with her, uh, and it turns out to be a. It worked out well. It worked out well. Yes, I wanted to. Um, one of the things that I love about 
um, your connection, of course, is the is the work. And I wondered after you saw JT, how did you know that she could? Well, it was JT. Then I, I went back home to California, and I was trying to get her to come out and stay in California, visit me or something. And uh, and I saw JT finally. I had gotten somebody to give me a a copy of it or something, and I. I saw it and I was just, I just was floored because it was, it was everything I looked for in a monologue, yes. which I never could find. And I, it was uh, tender, it was satiric, it was informative, it was, it was humorous, it, it was everything. Uh, people talked in aphorisms and yet they seemed perfectly natural. Yes. And it was like some kind of heightened realism, and it moved the story along. Everything it was. That was it, because it was supposed to be a song. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so I I just loved. So I called her and asked her to come to California. I had to do my e, uh, Edith Ann album, mm -hmm. and I asked her to come and help me produce it. Mm -hmm. And she sent me some raggedy papers with notes all over it and scribblings. She still writes that way to, to this day. Yes. And I, but I had no trouble deciphering it. You could, you just and knew I, the language. And I'm still, I still type to this day. I type yes. all her scribblings. <laughs> and I find every little scrap of paper around the house. You know, there'd be like, and when she's in the middle of a project. There's like post-its like pinned to the wall and to lampshades. <laughs> then there'll be one that fell off and it's laying on the rug and I know it would be lost forever. <laughs> and I find it and... Type it up. Yeah, type it up. Yes. That's right. I, um, this working on the record, of course, then led to the specials. Um, we saw a clip from the first special with uh, Richard. With Richard. First two with Richard. The first two. And... Because I, I adored Richard and Jane, too. And um, one of the things that you told me was a very important story, I think, for people to hear about what, how the industry treated him at that oh, point. Yeah. And I think we can talk about it, and I, I think it would be important for people to know. Okay. Um, not to, it's not to self-aggrandize, but to show how you and Jane have always fought for the right thing. I just want the people to hear that. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I, I mean, J he was a guest on the show. Don't let me interfere you if no, you've got something to offer I think about you it. I for him more than I did, really. Um, well, I, I think you were probably more busy. In the, I was out on the stage and dealing with the, the executives and everything anyway. And uh, Richard wasn't very... Your honey, mic. honey, the microphone. Your mic, sweetheart. Your microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> He wasn't very ingratiating to the the executives or to us, really. Oh, he, he was to <laughs> he me. Loved, I know, and and he loved he loved you, and he believed, and he loved me too. I know, but he was he didn't love the network people, and um, and it showed. And so there was no um, he didn't try to woo them over or anything like that. And or just he so didn't we, even try to behave. No. Which in, in fact, he was awful to them sometimes. Yes, <laughs> he yes. really was rude. No, wait here. My uh, the first special, he uh, he came in uh, and he had his hair in uh, cornrows and he had it braided with white leather. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he said that was white people's skin. <laughs> <laughs> he was 
was telling everybody on the set, you know. And of course, I thought everything he did was funny. <laughs> and, uh, and the executives were like really dancing around, like what, what? And they're talking to, you know, the people who are <laughs> like the fronts for the show, that they always want somebody that they can relate to. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, well, I guess, was not me or Richard or Jane. It was right. somebody more with a suit and tie on or something. Yes. And so... Um, uh, there was always somebody at the network, though, that um, was on, not usually in the power position, but, but that would come through to us. Uh, Steve Hewitt, in this mm -hmm. case. Um, yeah, no, and, that, and, and, but the thing is, when we were shooting Juke and Opal... Uh, they they came with the set. We suddenly rehearsal was. I mean, the rehearsal was stopped. Or the taping was stopped, and I said, "Well," and I finally, I was so long. I said to somebody, "Well, where is everybody? What's going on?" I went out in the hall, and all the suits were down there, mm -hmm. talking to the you know executive producers, and they wanted us to stop taping. They wanted to stop this sketch right now, mm -hmm. and it was just unimaginable that we could stop it. We Jane wrote it specifically for Richard, yes, so he'd have something great to do on the show, yes, and uh, and we loved it anyway. And we and, and when we edited it wasn't that, that threatening, as you can see. It's 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 no. it's threatening if you don't have a heart. Sorry. Carry on, Lily. And, anyway, so, and I kept saying, I said, you'll see, let us finish it. It'll be wonderful when mm -hmm. you see it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then um, what we came to know about to do it, I'd learned this from George Slaughter on Laughing, and that was to uh, tape something else and use it as a bargaining chip. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And that's, uh, and that's War Games. And War Games. We taped War Games, and then I said, well, so when we, they'd really get down on us, I'd say, all right, well, we'll give up war games if we can keep Juke and Opal. It's amazing. And also there's something that um, I hope there would be wide distribution of these specials because um, one of the things that Lily's not telling you is that the executives didn't want her to kiss Richard goodnight. Oh, yeah, well, that, um, that's just totally stupid. And... Uh, and at the end of the special, she says, I just want to thank all my guests. And <laughs> she goes around and she says, and especially Richard Pryor. And she lays a big one on him. <laughs> and he just falls out. And that's the mm. end of the show. And it was just mm. an amazing moment. Mm. I think we need to see war games for, to, see, right. to see what the bargaining chip was. Yeah. Okay. okay. Jane, they were happy to have Juke and Opal on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That seems sentimental after this, but um, but as I said, there was always somebody at the network that they sort of fought for us, or somebody like there was Steve Haskell who came over to to tell us we had to cut something and ended up being in the sketch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam Haskell. Yes, yeah, Sam Haskell. And um, oh, we mentioned Steve Hewitt and Honey, Honey. What am I doing that's different? Well, you're laying <laughs> There you go. That's it. No. That's it. You are such pros. Yes. Uh, okay, well, anyway, it's so awkward. I, <laughs> I want to talk to you all, too. But anyway, um, there was always, I remember those people, but I can't think of their names now except Sam Haskell and so there was there was some there but was there were some always form of people protection. that were on our side. Yes, they, but they weren't. 
powerful enough to make a difference, you know? Yes. Very often, you know? But they got into positions of power, but um, I, I don't know. How I never the, thought the, of it as too much. They were just, they were running a network and they had certain things. But you that, were a little bit like Richard sometimes. You didn't ingratiate yourself either. So it fell to I, me. A I lot was of very times diplomatic. Political. Yes. <laughs> yes. How did it how did it come about, Lily, to do the first um special? You had been on Laughing. You had done your records. Yeah. Um, Jane was working with you by then because of Edith Ann. Right. And how did the first um specials I really whoever has a lot of power and money out there has to re-release their them. They're amazing. <laughs> um how did they how did they come about? Lily, um, I don't. I well, I got very high ratings on my on my. I had a first special yes. that came from CBS. I don't know. CBS uh, uh, just seemed to be, or maybe they were looking for another Carol Burnett or something. I don't know what they were thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they were thinking that mm -hmm. that they thought they knew you had talent, and I think I I pushed you into another direction sometimes. I think. Oh yeah, you, you definitely did. <laughs> but uh you know i'd done ernestine and edith and they were big they were very popular and so they just naturally gave me a special mm -hmm. um i can't remember ernestine won a grammy yes very popular on laughing and then when i entered the picture the next album that we did she didn't win a grammy and you know <laughs> well that's true i didn't win a grammy again I won that one Grammy. You have to bring everything. <laughs> so this, the, the, spe the, the Lily special that you had done. Um, so the first special, I mm. did. I had a, a partner. I had. Uh, we had a partner. Because uh, they wouldn't do it probably without a, a main a kind of suit. Oh yeah, they uh, wanted somebody, and so naturally, my first time out, I had to have a, a partner, and I had Ed Sullivan's son-in-law. I can't think of his name now. Pre uh, Bob Precht. Bob Precht. And, he, and so Jane had written Juke and Opal for the first special. This was wow. our second special. And uh, when the script came back from the network, all covered with red things and X's, and I said, well, where's Juke and Opal? And Bob said, oh, they're not going to let you do that. So I just was beside myself. And... Um, so the next, so then I got another special because my ratings were so immensely high. Mm. There were only the three networks, and wasn't that hard to get a high rating? <laughs> <laughs> so I had, I had really. I'm sorry for my back all the time. I have to keep my eye on Jane and that microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so they gave me another special, mm -hmm. a second special, and Freddie Silverman was the head of CBS in those days. And- uh, Freddie uh, Silverman had done JT. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, it's so I mean, hard. That's why, you, just... it's why you, it's good. You know why the, on T Broadway, they wear those mics in their hair and it mm -hmm. sits down on their forehead. Let me they just move. listen. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I don't know, I'm telling this whole- But it was gonna, it, no, it's because they, the, the industry was so small then yeah. that People were interconnected on on mm -hmm. various shows. That's right. So if you had a friend on one, he could be or she work on the other. I don't know if that, what that means, yeah. but yeah, Jane gets it. I did. Would you say that? Yeah. What did that mean, honey? Just like Freddie Silverman was on 
Oh, he well, he was head of children's programming in '69, and she was that's what he when was she connected did to JT. JT so uh, I don't know what his personal reaction was to JT. I mean, you may oh, be giving him to too lunch. much credit. He took me to lunch. Well, good. <laughs> well, he did, wasn't treat. He didn't treat us so kindly on our second special, no, which won we two Emmys. Either mm. one of us to lunch after that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I never so, saw him again. <laughs> but, no, well, it's. Uh, it was, the show was really good. We were really proud of it. And this time we got Juke and Opal on. Yes. And so one day, and we, we filmed War Games again. Yes. We knew that we might have to resort to the same old thing again. <laughs> Bag of tricks. we were prepared this time. Yes. So. Um, and how, we, were, how, what were the, um, were specials, um, were they once or twice a year did they come on when you had a special? Oh. Well, what, the first one came out in March of 73, and the second one came out in November. Okay. And, uh, and that was just a great... So, and Alan Alder was our guest in that Juke and Opal sketch. That's right. right. Alan was wonderful. Yes. Yeah, he, he, he really stood up from, as, as we were having conflict again, and Alan told... Well, he went, told, to, he went to lunch with Freddie Silverman. He went to another... Yes. <laughs> because MASH was just going to come on the air. And and Alan said, what a great without knowing, experience yeah, what a, he had no knowledge of anything that Freddie was going to not show our special. He mm. was going to shelve it. Uh, he screamed at me and my manager and said all kinds of awful things. He did. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I was I was trying to protect you. <laughs> And so, and so Alan went to lunch with... And Alan just innocently said, oh, I had the greatest experience uh, on Lily Tomlin's special. Yeah. And... Uh, he just loved it. Yeah. And he, anyway, it was, it was so much... It was better than what you usually saw on variety television. Yes. I mean, some people might think, not everybody. That's, that's and, what uh, Alan said. Everybody thinks. <laughs> and, he, and, so that, and so then Freddie rethought it, and he put us on at 10 o'clock after Barbara Streisand's special. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know when it was, really. Yeah. Yes. What? Who wore an afro? Yes. Yes. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, I guess they might have thought I was doing opal, but I didn't have any gizmo on. Exactly. You were doing the soul of the character, and that's what's profound about she, it. Barbara saying, "I've got rhythm." I knew something was controversial, but I didn't. <laughs> I Listen, didn't, you had your own show to worry about. Special, frankly. And you had your own show to worry about. I did. I was worried about my show. Yes. I wanted to ask you something about um, making the transition from screened to stage, because then several years went by and there was appearing nightly, um, which is another film to re-release, -re please. And uh, <laughs> incredible. Well, Jane was so darling because, uh, you know, I, she, I kept saying, I, I just can't do one-nighters. I'm just tired of it. And, and I'd, get a good, I'd get a good review in a city, and then I would leave the next morning before the review even came out. And Jane would say, well, you've got to legitimize yourself. And I said, well, how's a kid supposed to do that? <laughs> <laughs> And she told me we had to go and play in a theater. Wow. For an extent, you know, like a week or two weeks or something. And uh, 
so I got my art. You couldn't get a theater back in those days that he's a good theater. I mean, we so the Biltmore, which was in shan kind of run down, mm -hmm. we got the Biltmore finally, and uh, over on Eighth Avenue, and anyway, so we brought uh, so we just we really just compiled a lot of stuff that we'd been doing, and uh, when you were on the road doing those one nighters, were you doing were you working um, on the phone with Jane? Yeah, very to develop often. The characters. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. So, because uh, Jane didn't travel with you, some very occasionally she did, and then yeah. if we, and then when we did the search, she traveled with us all the time. Of course, of course. Uh, so then the search, she she wrote the search solely. That's her play. Yes. And um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But. Uh, <laughs> But appearing, I want to go back to appearing nightly because it was. Um, it was again, a, it was a huge hit, and it's, it's transformative. And, we had lo and also, lot of fun doing that. I would like someone who's a very clever publisher out there to publish it. Um, but oh. tell me, Lily, those characters had been um, people that you were working on on the road, and Jane made a context for the one evening. Mm -hmm. Well, she wrote many of the pieces well, too. Okay. Uh, we just had a few pieces we were, you know, that were worthy of doing, and we pulled them in. And I'd never appeared on Broadway, so uh, it was a whole new uh, terrain for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Jane wrote uh, the '60s piece, that long, the extended piece about growing up in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we it, had and a it lot of fun. Nobody seemed to be there to give us. Um, we didn't have conflict. You had more freedom. You had more freedom. More freedom in the theater, and I, yes. and so much better for her because it's a writer's you can, medium. You can speak words so well. Yes, and Jane, I wanted. Them. I've always wanted to ask you this. One of the one of the Rolling Stone had you on the cover then, Lily, when it was coming to Broadway, and with with uh, with Richard. Yes, and um, one of the things Lily did for people who were waiting to buy tickets was to dressed as a Red Cross nurse and hand out coffee and donuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, and God. when I went to see Lily backstage um, at the, uh, when the search was re revived on Broadway, she was standing at the door <laughs> making sure that everybody was warm and was yeah. a nurse again. Oh, so. yeah. Right. And I, I was getting like a little too mature to, to do... Uh, there was one time you vacuumed the stage. Yes. <laughs> well, that's when we first started appearing nightly. We oh, we started in Boston. I mean, that was like my first theater mm -hmm. prior to Broadway. And was it a relief to be in one place for you for a while? Yes, it was yes. great. Yes. And uh, and and we had this strange idea that uh, we had carpeting done like a big carpet, like a photographic drop, you know? Yes. Carpet going up like that. And so Mrs. Beasley, don't tell me, we only did this for two or three evenings. <laughs> because I would come out with a big old vacuum with a backpack. Like a performance artist. Yes. You, know. Uh, you know, and dress in, in Mrs. Beasley's costume, which I never did in the theater. And, uh, and I'm vacuuming the rug, vacuuming the rug, and then I'd have like a long you know, a hose, and I'd pull it off, and I'd <laughs> reach up and get a big glob of dust off the <laughs> backdrop, and it took me a half hour to... 
So by 7.30, when people really started filling up the theater, you were exhausted. I was a wrinkled, sweaty mess. <laughs> so funny. And so then I would I leave the stage like that, and then I'd need a little more time. So then we'd have a, one of the stagehands would be outside banging on the side door after the curtain came up. Yes. And saying, you know, in Trudy's voice saying, and I had my mic on, I'm up in this dressing room trying to press my clothes, and I'm saying, <laughs> Let me in, let me in. I gotta see Lillian Tomlinson. <laughs> <laughs> it was just totally nuts. I don't even know I don't even know why we had fun with that, but we, I still, what <laughs> we only had fun in our heads. Yeah, yeah I know. I really, the audience it, didn't get it. It was indulgent, but No no. We no, love we it still. We didn't open with it. We stopped. No. no. Smartly. I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you, Jane, about um, some of the characters. <clears throat> that no one else in the world could have written, like Rick the Singles Bar guy. Um, I just had never seen a character like that in my whole life before. And Lily playing it was so in wonderful. Extraordinary. Yeah. How did Rick come to you? Oh. I in, think through her, film, we'll her performance, she was ad-libbing some, some stuff like that. And like, like Rick going over to a table and saying to two girls, you know, what are you chicks doing here all alone? Right. Two girls, you know. Four girls. Four girls? Okay. Yeah. Four girls. <laughs> and um, she was doing some ad-libbing with that, and uh, it just became such a good character. And, um, and I always wanted to ask, did... Sometimes when, if Lily was improvising, the character would grow out of the improvisation, mm -hmm. and sometimes just the writing. The other way. I see, mm -hmm. I see. And this, would, this would only be when, uh, you know, like Jane would be at home, uh, not even realizing I wasn't there at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> No, she and so she uh, she'd be writing something of her own, something on her, you know, and then I started desperately needing her help. I, when I was going to do Trudy, I I would just beg her. I say, look, I've got this idea, this bag woman, and I would just take stuff from the Inquirer, mm -hmm. you know. And I would say, like, uh, yeah, you know, I got a two minute. Uh, I met a guy who's got a two minute memory. Every trip to the bathroom is a is a fresh experience. <laughs> So I did all that for Jane, and then she'd write something to make me leave her alone. <laughs> and that's how I got evidence, because Trudy would find out. I got evidence. I got a, people say I'm crazy, but I got evidence. Wow. I got evidence I'm not so crazy. And so then eventually Trudy turned into a major character, and thanks to Jane's writing. Jane, I wanted, I wanted after we watch this clip, I want to ask you how you feel about these seven free women that we're about to see. Oh. Um, this very short film, again, I, I can't remember how, I guess it was 15 or something, and it was on SNL. They showed it on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I, I was going to be a guest on SNL, and we were going to use it to promote the, the appearing nightly. And um, if did you, you see it? I did, I did, because it's, it's your ear. You cannot mistake your language for anybody else's language in the world. So let's watch this, okay? And tell me if I'm crazy. Like I, I haven't seen this in a long time. Okay. Okay. Cynthia Buchanan, Cynthia Buchanan um, wrote the paraplegic, we should say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Quadriplegic. She's an, a wonderful writer. Her, her novel yeah. Maiden. Yes, the, is I a great optioned book. that for Did a movie. You? Yeah. yeah. 
in 71. Read that book, guys. It's amazing. And so how was it, um, Tom? How was it, Jane, when you would see the characters on stage in New York because you guys were in one place? Mm -hmm. Were you rewriting throughout? Mm -hmm. You would always Mm -hmm. add or take away? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gosh, I hadn't seen that in so long. I know. We I did it before. We didn't do it through that show. No. We did it. We had it done. This is we what did S- it on, on our own. SNL. And then uh, Lauren... Um, picked it up. Yeah, picked yeah. it up. Yeah. Lauren had done work. We had done one of the yeah, specials. Yeah, Lauren had been on a couple of yeah. our specials Yeah. Yes. as a writer. He was a really good talent. I mean, he was a great talent. So yes, but I didn't want to distract you from what you were gonna. No, no, no. Say. What? What? But the, you were just talking about the, what you would do during the show. During during what show? <laughs> appearing nightly. Oh, I, I loved doing appearing nightly. I didn't. It didn't seem to have the weight of the search. Mm. It seemed no, to no, have, it didn't. We, we, it was new, and we put it to yes. you. You just threw it. You. We pulled it together in no time. It was but playful. I had the art already done. I yeah. knew I had to have my art done. What about my art? Wait a minute. What about my art? <laughs> uh, well, your art was good. It was going along nicely. That's no, I had to have the, the sheet, the sheet the, art the, 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 for the ads and everything. And, and posters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm oh. sorry, honey. Oh, no. Yeah, the oh. new yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the What was the time... Was the was the search did the, the search grow out of this experience, Jane, that you wanted to write something? <clears throat> I think that, that was a really good experience. Um, that was a good experience. And I yeah, and I want I wanted to do something. We just had more freedom in the theater, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, could just say so um, how how long was it after appearing nightly? Uh, we, we, well it, the search was in eighty five. Mm-hmm. And how long was it preparing nightly? 77. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's well, that was lot too long, I guess, but... But it's well, perfect. not really. No. How was it... Well, you, and you were doing films the whole time, Lily, in between. Film? I don't remember which films I... I well, I did... Uh, you I did 9 to 5. I did 9 to 5. Oh, yeah. We did Incredible Shrinking Woman. Woman. I did Nashville. I did Late Show. Incredible Shrinking Woman took so much longer than we realized, because you in the garbage when you fell through the garbage thing, you got it, you got allergic to yeah. some of that garbage. There was and so much dye in it. You, know? you were out for months mm-hmm. because of the allergy. Well, I was shooting nine to five. I was shooting Shrinking Woman, and we stopped it so I could go to nine to five. Oh, no, that was bad. <laughs> no. It worked out and in then both we came cases. Back and finished it. Yes. What was the? Tell me about the. Um, I want to show the folks something that they might not have seen much of in '94, which is when you did the Edith Ann. Um, oh. Cartoon. Oh. Um, and again. No, I think it was at '94. That's the date I had. Um, was it Thomas? Where is he? I don't have the date for anything. I think it was about I, I don't even know. I know when I was at the Brill Building, and that's the last <laughs> day. <I'm not>. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it, again. It was sort of taking this form that people would expect something conventional in, and doing something entirely different. So I wanted to show this little clip where Edith Ann goes to her shrink, 
And the shrink is played by a friend of ours who's here today, Miss Reno. Reno. <laughs> um, Reno's can, our old pal. Yes. Can we take a look at that clip, please, uh, Edith Ann? <laughs> oh, you know, we had so many actresses, really big stars, read for that part, and Reno was the only one that, that got really it. got it. Yeah, I don't know why. We, we were reading for so many people. Everybody, they'd come over to the house and I'd have a mic, I had a mic set up in the living room. <laughs> and I'd say, here, and, read, the, read the psychologist for Edith Ann. And some of them were friends, and I use the past tense because they, <laughs> they aren't in, and, but Reno just fit it so perfectly. Yeah, Edith was so, I mean, uh, Reno was just irreverent. She didn't, she treated the kid like she was a real person. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, I've seen her use that same technique with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you were um, going from this idea of, of doing it as a cartoon, how did it come to you to do it as a, to do Edith Ann? We, we wanted to do, we did uh, the album the first time we worked together. Yes. Was yeah. it was such yes. a, that was a great experience. We were in Pasadena for some reason. And it was New Year's. Yeah, well, we we saw a parade suddenly. We didn't even know what it was. We were so disoriented about <laughs> working, and we were so high on the work experience, and we were so happy working on that album. And Jane, so Jane was just mad for for sound effects. Yes. And that that album is laden with sound effects. You know, it's. You'd think I'd know more about the mic. <laughs> <laughs> But we had a great time. It was a 12-track album. Yes. It was. But we had a great time with the... Then the special... I always wanted three dimensions, which, of course, Pixar now, you know, they can do anything. They've yeah. got, like, cuteness in cartoons is like a science. Yeah. They know how to get all the, the nuance. I even saw... What is it? Pet... Pet... Two. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> We loved the, the cartoon. We loved. Um, we loved that. We 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 loved. You know, everybody. At first, when we started doing Edith, they would say, "Why, why do it you, as a cartoon? Yeah. yeah, why are you doing this as in? We when we were trying to do it in three D. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we loved. We had people we loved working like people, claymation you know, down. Little movements. We loved that little character. They may still be down in the basement working. <laughs> <laughs> We never saw them at one point. We just, oh, we, we built Edith's whole neighborhood in clay. Wow. <laughs> really? Wow. What, but, it was, but It was too early. Except for Nick Parks. He did yeah. brilliant clay work. But um, anyway, it never did materialize. Then meanwhile, of course, all this technology developed. We were pushing the technology, you know? Yeah. And it never, we didn't push hard enough or something. <laughs> we didn't, some, somehow, um, all of this happened with Pixar, John Lasseter, did such brilliant work, um, and John Lasseter, when he was just starting out, he'd only done the two. You know, the the lamps was his most prominent piece, mm -hmm. and we uh, went to him. We wanted him to do something on our show. We were in the formative stages, and he said, "Oh God, I just I can't. Uh, all I could do would maybe like I could do like a ten or fifteen second bit. Yeah, mm. he would only have the time and the money to do like I don't know what he was going to do, but it would have been wonderful. But 
Anyway, we, we did. So it preceded. Have a lot of fun with those with those cartoons. It I preceded the it preceded the context for people to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had you saw it. You you had real objects in the yes. cartoon. You were the first people who did that. That's right. Like, you opened the refrigerator. There was an actual. How did she know that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when they, I, but somehow people just didn't care about it. I mean, people didn't try to do it. Right that we were working with, who were the animators. Is it In something fact, that you would I, I try was, now? What? Is it something you would try now? Oh, yeah. I, I, I guess, yeah. Form. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it would be such a big deal. It's just something, it's just textural. But the but the, but the character. I always wanted photographs, uh, real photographs to give a reality and then have yes. the But they do that all the time now. I mean, they, mm. they'll have, we even did it in our search film. But I think that one of the things that I'm, trying to say is the characters are um, without time. Mm -hmm. And they, we have loved them for 45 years, 50 years now. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't we want to see them oh. evolve into present day medium? Oh, yeah. well that's a thought. You know, I want to see. It's one less I, thing we have to do. Yeah, I want to see, you know, I want to see Rick Meet the meet a nice girl, for instance, and I wanted to carry on in oh. that way because it means so much to so many people that the stories don't end just because the program ends. They they live with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to show you something in terms of uh, Jane's writing. Again, this was I had the television on, and the minute it started, I heard your words, and this is, um, some guys might remember this from the 2006 Oscars when Jane um, wrote the dialogue for Meryl Streep and Lily Tomlin in the style of Robert Altman. Um, so we're going to take a look at that. I just have one geek question to ask. What the hell was the rehearsal like for that? <laughs> well, we did have a rehearsal, but it was because we had the words on a prompter and all we did is we kind of ad-libbed ad-libbing them i mean you know we had she went because at the rehearsal she had had the peyote button line <laughs> and uh anyway Jane, I mean, that's brilliant. how it felt but, you know um excuse me uh, altman did have a special sound altman did have the special sound um system he did. Yes. I think he got it from smoking a lot of marijuana because, you know, it suddenly, yes. and you all captured that at the very end. Yes. You, it sounded like there, an audio thing, like something, like if you had good pot, you know, suddenly some little audio thing would happen. You some know? revelation. And audio, and, audio and, and Altman did have a system that, uh, that was trying to create that and did. And um, I, I I don't know why I don't know more about the mic because I'm I'm a sound expert really. Listen, <laughs> yes. Um, well, Jane put all the sound effects in search. I mean, that was her right. idea. But the sound that. effects. But I didn't search. do it with Mike. Right. Mike. But the sound effects are in the words here. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that brings us back to the beginning of the word, and that is Miss Jane Wagner. And Jane, I am eternally, eternally, eternally grateful okay. for your mind and your heart. You're a brilliant woman. Yeah. Thank you. Brilliant. And more than deserving. Thank you.
so much. And I want to I want to just tell you about the um, sensitivity of these two. Um, I met them because I was writing a piece about Richard Pryor for the New Yorker, and um, they agreed to talk to me. And when I went to the restaurant, it was a restaurant sort of in Hollywood, but sort of on the edges, and it was run by a Cuban mm -hmm. family. And I realized sitting there that they were all people of color in the restaurant, which never happens in LA, right? And they had set this up so that I would feel comfortable um, and that they would be able to talk, and they loved the you family. That's true. Yes. I think we went, we went there all El the Floridita. time. El Floridita, for <laughs> yeah, me. Floridita. El Floridita. But then on the way to my hotel, you were taking me back to my hotel, mm -hmm. and Lily said, I don't know why they like me so much. She's the blonde. Oh. And you're the blonde. <laughs> Thank you, Jane, for everything. Sounds a little racist to me. <laughs> Wait, is it me also? Well, I am for yes. myself. I love you very much. Oh, God. Thank you. And Lily. Thank you all for coming. Lily, thank you for everything. You've been listening to the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. Our opening music is by Steelism. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Film at Lincoln Center is a nonprofit arts organization based in New York City and supported by individuals just like you. For 50 years, we've been dedicated to supporting the art and elevating the craft of cinema and enriching film culture through the programming of festivals, series, retrospectives, and new releases. The publication of Film Comment, the presentation of podcasts, talks, and special events, the creation and implementation of artist initiatives, and our film and education curriculum and screenings. To learn more about what we do and support Film at Lincoln Center by becoming a member, visit filmlink.org. That's F-I-L-M-L-I-N-C dot org.